The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. I'm glad you're with us, and we hope that we can be a help today as we study Scripture. Now, having said that, uh, we are going to read, uh, if I can say, probably one of the more difficult sections of Scripture. And I don't mean difficult in the understanding of it's hard to read or it's hard to understand. A lot of what we're going to what we're going to read today is little more about how do we comprehend? How do we in our minds comprehend what is about to happen? We're studying through the book of Job, so obviously what's about to happen to Job? Um, why would God allow it to happen, which he did? Um, and, and it's easy for us when crisis and trials come to immediately look at it as bad, to immediate look, immediately look at it as judgment from God. And here's a tricky part. We are told in the book of Hebrews that God chastens whom he loves. And so there are times we do have to evaluate the events in our life. Are they from God? Is there something in my life? Am I living in a sin that God wants me to get right? That sometimes happens. I dare say, though, what also can happen if we're not careful is we can have trials that God has allowed and brought into our life on purpose to strengthen us, to grow us, to glorify Him through. And if we immediately see that as punishment, which is what Satan wants us to believe, then, well, immediately we get angry at God and frustrated and things of that nature. Hopefully we'd get right, but if it's not always trials. Can I give you a couple of thoughts before we jump into this? We learned from the book of James, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or numerous trials or temptations. Uh, Peter said, uh, consider, uh, don't consider it strange concerning the fire trials which are going to try you. There are, there are some things in Scripture where God says, that, you know, if the world hated him, it'll hate us. God never intended, God never intended us to believe that life would be easy and without problems. What we're going to look at now is we're just going to read through I'll explain a little bit as we're going what's happening here. Uh, remember Job, uh, God, had, Job, God and Satan had spoken, and Satan was given permission to come down and inflict pain upon. He could not touch Job himself, but he could, um, but he could, t- you know, he could touch all those things around him. So let's see what happens, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna finish with a couple principles that will help us to understand a little bit. We'll dig deep in as we go into Job's response and things of that nature. But um, a bigger chunk of scripture than normal today, chapter th- uh, one, verse thirteen. Uh, the Bible says, And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them, and they took away. Yea, and they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another one. While this guy's talking to him, another problem comes. There came another, also another, and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So let me just give you a quick breakdown before we move on. So he's just coming, he wakes up one day, it's a normal day, enjoying the wealth, enjoying everything he's had, and, and all of a sudden one servant shows up, obviously disheveled, emotional, and he comes in, and he, and he states, first of all, that uh, God is, uh, that he, they've lost, let me see if I can find, um, oh, the, um, 
all the, can- all the um, donkeys and things of that nature. While he's talking about that, another one comes up and says, all of your sheep are gone, and then all of your camels are gone. You say, well, they're animals, yes, but please remember in those days, one of the major sources of wealth for those people would have been in their animals, in their farms, and in their servants. And again, these weren't slaves, these were servants. These were paid people to do work. And you look at this, so literally what you're saying is in a matter of seconds, three different men come out of nowhere, and they come and tell Job that you have gone from being the wealthy wealthiest man in your area to being completely broke. Either your animals have been killed or stolen and all of your servants are gone. Everything you spent your life giving towards, every material thing you spent your life working towards is gone. In a matter of seconds, as far as he's concerned, he's gone from being the wealthiest man in existence at that time to having nothing. To being, and when it comes to material things, losing all, most of his wealth in one shot. I mean, the wealth may be fine, some other things, but predominantly, it's literally like saying the stock market crash and all your money is gone. It was that quick, but it doesn't end there. Um, verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the, um, from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped to tell thee. So then what happens? He loses all of his material wealth pretty much at this point. Uh, he probably owns some homes or things, but all the other things that he could use to trade and sell, they're gone. Then he comes, as he's sitting there kind of processing all of his information, another man comes and says, all of your children were enjoying time in one home. I mean, the odds of that, right? They're all together at one time. A massive wind has come and, and collapsed the house. Now you're into, all your children are dead. So he's lost servants, he's lost his finances, and he's lost all his money. Now, let me give you one intriguing thought. It's a side thought, but it's intriguing. Um, you have to look at the fact. Why is it that you know, he, his children were allowed to be taken, servants, but not his wife? And, you know, and a lot of people have come to say, well, his wife is critical and mean. I don't believe that. We'll get to where he, her, and I don't necessarily think. A lot of people want to say she was just an evil woman. I don't, I don't personally believe that. We'll explain that in a little bit. Can I tell you something interesting? In Genesis, in Genesis and in Colossians, a lot of places, God talked about a marriage. In marriage, the Bible says, they shall be one. Man shall leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one. And remember the one thing Satan was told he could not touch? Job. She's part of him in marriage. So he wasn't allowed to touch his wife. And we'll talk about her later. And again, you'll be surprised. I don't necessarily think she was an angry, critical, sinful woman. Uh, we'll get to that later. But can you imagine this? Now imagine, and there's been times like us, we get phone calls, or you get to the end of the day, and you say, I wish I just hadn't woken up today. I'm not sure it's to this extent, but sometimes it is. You know, you've maybe found out there's a disease in your family, or you have a disease. Uh, you've learned about some financial crises, inflation's killed you, maybe you can't pay your mortgage. There could be a list of things happening here. But you look at this, this is all trivial. Please remember, Job is unaware of the conversation in heaven. Job is unaware that this is Satan, that God has given him permission, and he's unaware of any of this. He just woke up one day, and he started off his day like he had for years, and in a matter of moments, he's lost his wealth, he's lost his servants, he's lost his children in one shot. It's, I mean, you can imagine just the emotional response. So imagine how you would respond. Here's what I want to see how he responds. So then it goes, verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground. He was angry, renting his mantle. He was horrified. He was sad. He was broken, emotionally broken. He wasn't walking like it was no big deal. He was in absolute despair as a result of everything he had lost. And my guess probably more about his children than wealth, but he was in absolute despair that everything was lost. And he fell upon upon the ground. What did he do? He worshiped. And here's what he said. 
Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In this phrase, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So Job comes back, and so first of all, you see he's not absent from the, from the um, sadness. He literally, this is what they talk about, running clothes, he was angry, and he ran his clothes, and he shaved his head. He showed that he was in absolute despair. And he would just, we would say he just broke down. Uh, broke down in tears, broke down and just could not contain himself and that be right. But in that, he took time to worship. He went back to God because God was not only God to him when things are good, when he took care of them, God was God to him before the wealth. And that's the key. God was God to Job before the wealth. So when the wealth was gone, he went back to the one person who would understand. You see, if you come back and say, God's good if I get what I want, then when those things are gone, you're gonna think God is bad. But if God is God alone, and it's, it's your, your circumstances. God is not as expected to make your circumstances perfect. And therefore, you can go to him. You know, you think about it. When your life falls apart, you go to someone you think will listen, that will trust. And we often, that's, that should be God. We should get on our knees and just say, God, help me to not be overwhelmed. Help me to be able to deal with this. But often we blame God. How dare you? We, we just have the wrong view of God. So he goes to him. He worships him, and let me tell you a couple of things. He, he finished it. He, char- he did not sin or charge God foolishly. He, ne- he didn't look at this and say, how dare you, God? He saw this as it could be. So here's a couple of principles that I want us to consider, and we close here. Number one, um, trials and crisis will come in life. They are part of life. The things we go through, the battles we go through, the things we don't expect, things that don't make sense, things that seem unfair, they are fortunately are part of life. We live in a sinful world. We live in a sinful nation. Uh, it's just part of life. Struggles, crises come. So don't assume that because you have Jesus, they won't come. If you got into this Christianity because you thought he would eliminate your problems, you may not have gotten saved to begin with, but you're, it's not true. So that crisis has come. Sometimes God brings him to teach us. Sometimes God allows it. But we know in this situation, this you know tr- trials and circumstances are going to come. Number two, God owns everything we have and everything we had came from God. He goes, hey, you know, he said at the end of that passage, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Everything he'd been given, his wealth, his homes, his servants, his children, they came from God. And he said, Lord, I'm broken, but you gave them to me. And he had a perspective. It was a hard thing to do. I'm sure that while he was on his knees, he was bawling to God saying, help me. But at the same case, Lord, this is you. Because his relationship with God transcended his things. His relationship to God transcended his blessings. His relationship to God transcended all of these other things. It was God and then these things. And this is what God wanted Job to see. I mean, sorry, Satan to see. This is what God wanted us to see. And everything we have has been given. It belongs to God. I hope we understand that. It's easier to give and get in the offerings. It's easier to serve. It's easier to find God and, and his service important when we realize that everything we have belongs to him because everything we have was given to him. That's when he says, give back 10%. It's easy because we're just giving back to him a portion of what he gave to us. Now, if we see it as I earned it, this is all mine, then it becomes complicated. We need to gather that what we've been given comes from God because we earned it with the gifts God's given us. And that is, it's an ownership principle. We'll talk about that as we get further into this. But you know, when you look at all of this, he didn't charge God foolishly. He never said, how dare you, God? You see something that this is maturity. This is what God, you know, Job said, excuse me, Satan said, Job, of course, is gonna honor you because you've blessed him. And God said, no, I know his heart. He loves me, and his relationship with me transcends those things. May we strive to have a relationship with God that transcends our things, our material things, even our family. And it's so close that we go to him in crisis. Don't blame him, but we go to him. 
These are the principles I hope you take with us today. And, and I don't know if you're going through something, but if you are, if you will, it's not easy. But may we strive to say, Lord, help me to respond like Job. Thanks for joining us today. We'll continue in this, and we're going to see more of Job's response as we move forward. And I hope this is a help. This is a heavy one today. Uh, but one, you're not alone. When you go through battles, you're not alone. And realize that God loves you. He's watching. And just keep your eyes on Him. And we'll learn how we can grow in Him through these times. Thanks for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.